So love the fact that you're here. My name's Aaron. I'm the lead pastor of Mission Life, and it is always an honor and privilege to be with you guys. Uh, this past weekend, um, I got away with my, my beautiful family out in the desert, and we had a great time. I know you guys had a great time because my, my good friend, Pastor Jim Glenn, came, kicked us off with this series, and we're so excited that he came and did that. Uh, so thank you for loving him, welcoming him. Hey, also, yesterday... There was a great thing that happened yesterday. We actually got to baptize six people, and it was fantastic. We got to baptize six people. It was so awesome. And what is baptism? Baptism, it is a celebration of new life. It's a declaration that Jesus has changed my life, and because of the inward transformation that's happened, we want to publicly declare my old life is gone, my new life has come, all because of Jesus. So we celebrated. We, it was super fun. And uh, loved, loved doing that with you guys. So, so proud of what God is doing. God is changing lives through you. And so you guys as a church should, should know that. So very excited. Well, hey, just for a moment, I want, what I want you guys to do is actually I want you to close your eyes. I know some of you are like, that's dangerous, Aaron. I might just fall asleep. Uh, that's okay. I'm going to go over that risk. Close your eyes for just a second. Close your eyes and imagine that you're blind. Imagine this. Try to just think about this for a second. As you have your eyes closed, you've got to accomplish a few basic tasks, like separating medications, like using the right button on a microwave oven, or, or, or knowing which side of the street to catch the bus. Think about this. Your eyes are closed. All the questions that you might have because you can't see. Now, open up your eyes. Now, there's a new nonprofit app that actually allows sighted people to lend their eyes to those with visual impairments. So they do this through a video chat, and, and, and the app is called Be My Eyes. And what you can do, it was developed by a visually impaired man out in Denmark, and it connects blind people to volunteers uh, who want to help and uh, lend their eyes to these people. And so they had one example where a, uh, a, a Be My Eyes app user, for example, connected with a young man who is visually impaired, and uh, he needed to know the expiration date of the milk in his refrigerator. And so the visually impaired man positioned his phone camera right near the refrigerator so that the volunteer could look through the phone. And as he looked at the milk carton, he said, Oh, yeah, I wouldn't drink that if I were you, all right? Probably not a good idea. But if you think about it, it's such a, a, a crazy idea, but it's a really powerful idea as well, isn't it? To actually lend your eyes to somebody who needs to be able to see things. 2,000 years ago, Jesus walked the earth not only to lend his eyes, but to give us new eyes. Jesus didn't come 2,000 years ago just to lend his eyes, but he came to give us new eyes to those who are blind. But this kind of blindness that Jesus talks about is not just a physical blindness that debilitates us. It's actually a spiritual blindness. And it's a blindness that actually threatens us wherever we're at today. In John chapter 8, verse 12, it says this. Jesus spoke to them again, and he said, I am the light of the world. Anyone who follows me will never walk in the darkness, but will have the light of life. 
See, Jesus is contrasting this whole idea of light and darkness, but also life and death. As the light of the world, Jesus brings life, but walking in darkness actually has the ramifications of experiencing death. Now, this seems a little intense to start off our time this morning, but if you think about this, uh, I think every one of us probably has a story of almost killing yourself as you try to get up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom, right? Can anyone relate to this? You're trying not to disturb your spouse, or maybe uh, you're, 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 you live with roommates and you're kind of getting through the house and trying, and you're not turning lights on and you just inevitably bang your shin up against the side of the bed. I have done this, I don't know how many times, and I've had to recommit my life to Christ after I did that. <laughs> but there's these moments where in darkness, we can really damage ourselves, right? Or maybe there's times where we feel disoriented, where we're in the midst of a situation, maybe it's at work or we're trying to do some problem solving uh, with somebody, or maybe we have a health issue and we're trying to figure out what is going on and we're, we're really frustrated and, and we're not getting the answers and we're in the dark and we can't quite figure it out. We need somebody to shed some light onto the situation to get us the help that we need or depending upon what it is, it can be really damaging. Like last weekend, I mentioned I was coming back from the desert uh, with my family, had a fantastic weekend. And as we're coming home, literally, we just get past the 241-261 interchange, and my heads-up display on my minivan uh, <laughs> blinks like crazy. Some of you are like, oh, minivan, yeah. But the, the heads-up display is blinking like crazy. I got things going all over the place, going, what is happening? And all of a sudden, the power completely goes out in my car. I mean, everything, like the accelerator doesn't work. I have no heads-up display anymore. My power steering is gone, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, I better get to the side. I have no idea what's going on. Now, it had started blinking about two minutes prior to warn me, but I didn't know. I thought, oh, I just need to make it home, and once the turn the car off, the battery just needs to be replaced or something. No, no, you need to get to the side or you're going to die. And what made it more intense was the fact that I had my whole family with me, too. And so it became this kind of crazy experience where AAA comes out, and, oh, no, you have an alternator that needs to be replaced, and $1,000 later, uh, we're all good. We're, we're, we're all good. But Jesus, he isn't claiming to just be additional insight for our lives. He, he's not looking to just be one of many spiritual gurus for us. He makes this very audacious claim. I am the light of the world. Today, I don't know where you're at with Jesus. I, I don't know what's going on in your life. I, I don't know some of the things that you're struggling with or you're grappling with right now, but my guess is this. If you're anything like me, you could use a little bit more clarity. You could use a little bit more insight. You could use a little bit more hope. Jesus says, I am the light of the world. And so what does it mean for that for us today? What does it mean that Jesus is saying that he is the light? 
So if you're taking notes, here's what I want you to write down. You can get out a pen real quick. You got your, your giant bulletins with all the space to write stuff down. I'm sorry, I'm just kidding. It's just this little thing. But you can write some notes right here. And because I'm going to give the, the message away right now, which is totally what you're not supposed to do. But I'm just going to give it to you right now. That's because that's I love you. I care about you. If you have a pen, write this down. Here's the big idea of what we're going we're to learn today. It's this. Is that Jesus... Because he's the light of the world, he opens our eyes to life without darkness. Because Jesus is the light of the world, Jesus opens our eyes to life without darkness. What does that mean? What does that look like? How does that change the way I go about my day, the way I'm living my life? We're going to look at that today. So if you have a Bible, turn to John chapter 9. Most of what we're going to unpack comes out of John chapter 9. If you need a Bible, raise your hand. One of our Bible people, Bible people, hurry Bible people. Uh, We've got some Bibles, hard copy Bibles for you. You can look that way or you can look in your Bible app. Does anyone need a Bible? It's okay. Raise your hand. It's okay. We'd love to give you one. No, everyone has one. That's great. If you're new to the Bible, that's awesome. We're going to have the verses up on screen as well. But let me pray for us as we start off in John chapter 9 verse 1. Lord Jesus, thank you for who you are. Thank you that you love us, that you care so deeply about us. And wherever we're at in our spiritual journey with you, whatever we're going through right now in our life, some of us feel like we're in the dark. Some of us feel like we are wanting this light that you offer, but we're not exactly sure how to live it out. Some of us are needing hope or encouragement. We feel darkness surrounding us and we're not really sure what to do. Some of us are doing great, but maybe you have some new insight for us as well. Wherever we're at, God, would you speak to us in Jesus' name, amen. John chapter nine. Let me give you a little background as you are uh, arriving there. So here's the setting of the story in John chapter nine. Jesus has been talking to his disciples, but also to the religious leaders. And it's the end of a very famous Jewish feast called the Feast of Tabernacles. If you go back and read in the Old Testament the story of Israel, you'll know that Moses was delivering the people out of slavery from Egypt, led by God himself, and they now were out wandering around in the wilderness. Now, technically, they weren't supposed to be wandering out in the wilderness. They were supposed to be going directly to the promised land, but because Israel, even though they had just been delivered by God's hand out of slavery in Egypt, sinned against God, created a, a false idol, a golden calf, and God almost took them all out. But God, out of his mercy, said, okay, I'm going to keep you guys alive even though you totally blew it. I'm going to be merciful to you. And I'm going to allow you to continue to live and enjoy relationship with me. And you will be guided and provided for by my presence every step of the way. But you will not get into the promised land. And so God is leading his people. How does he lead his people? Well, it's through Moses, but he also manifests himself, which sounds crazy, in the day as a cloud and at night as a pillar of fire. And so this feast of tabernacles is really a remembrance of how God provided for the people, even in the wandering of the wilderness, with God's manifest presence lighting the way. And at the Feast of Tabernacles, what they would do is at the temple, in the court of women, which it was known as, 
they would light these beautiful big candelabras to commemorate this season of life where God continued to show them the way where life was really found. And so here we have the context where we learn the first thing about this light of the world idea right here. So here's the first thing I want you to write down. Without the light of Jesus, we misunderstand our human condition. Without the light of Jesus, we misunderstand our human condition. Notice this in verse 1. As he was passing by, this is Jesus, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Now, very common question in a day back then because they believed, according to the Old Testament scriptures, they believed that sin had such a traumatic effect on the lives of people. In fact, it actually had an effect on the next generation. So if your parents sinned against God, there would be an impact or an effect it had on the next generation. That's a biblical concept. The reality is whether we believe in God or not, what is sin? Sin is living a life designed outside of God's intended purpose. And anytime we live outside of God's intended purpose, it has consequences. It naturally affects the people around us. And so they were going, now wait a minute, this guy must be blind because either you know, he himself did something wrong or, or, or his parents did something wrong. And Jesus makes it very clear. Neither this man, verse 3, nor his parents sinned, Jesus answered. In other words, what was really common for them to think about is if things go well, we are blessed. If things don't go well, we are not blessed. And Jesus wants to remove and dispel that misunderstanding right away. No question sin has an impact on other people's life. But here's the deal. The world is just broken. It's just fallen. And Jesus has unique insight that they don't have. The reason that he's in this situation is not because of that reason. So this isn't uh, some kind of karma at work or anything like that. But what Jesus wants to point out here, which is really important for us, is this. Is that problems become God's opportunity to provide blessings. Problems provide an opportunity for God to provide a blessing. And so for many of us in here, how many of you guys have ever been like in absolute pitch blackness? Anybody ever been in pitch blackness? Somebody have been? Okay. I, many years ago, I used this illustration before. I was like going through like the, you know, you go into these tours and caves. And literally we got to this one point where uh, there, was, there was no light anywhere. And we had headlamps on. And he goes, okay. The guide said, hey, turn off all your lights. So we all turn off our lights. And literally you could not see your hand in front of your face. And it was absolutely terrifying. It was, it was terrifying. Because who knows what could happen in there, right? But without that light, what happens to us? We're totally disoriented. We have no way of knowing what's up and down and all around. The only thing we know is, okay, I, I get gravity. I, I feel myself standing. But man, when you don't have any light at all, it's completely disorienting. And so what Jesus is saying here is, is, is ultimately what we learn even from these first couple verses is that humanity has a limited perception of our human condition. And without Jesus as our light, we're spiritually disoriented. 
we will follow our own version of light, will we not? How many of you guys have ever seen a Stanley Kubrick film? The Shining, right? Scary. Artificial Intelligence, I think, was another one, like, back in the day. But he's, he's actually done a bunch of movies, very famous director. But he had no faith in God. And here's how he talked about his view of life. He said this. He said, the very meaninglessness of life forces man to create his own meaning. The most terrifying fact about the universe is not that it's hostile, but that it's indifferent. However vast the darkness, we must supply our own light. This is somebody that doesn't have God. That, that's just seeing the, the ramifications of that, and it's despairing. And the problem is, is that when Jesus isn't the light, we easily misunderstand the brokenness and the fallenness of our own soul. And yet Jesus uh, also says in John 10.10, I love this, and this is a theme for, verse for us for Mission Life. He says in John 10.10, when he said that the thief comes to steal and destroy, but Jesus has come to bring life and life abundant. Jesus wants to be the light for you and for me. He doesn't want us to walk in darkness. He wants us to accurately understand what's going on in our human condition and our brokenness and how we have a propensity to turn away from the things that actually will bring us life, but in fact, we tend to settle for what he calls death. Next, with the light of Jesus, what else do we learn? We learn that we can see God's love in life. With the light of Jesus, we can see God's love and his life. Notice this in verse 4 of John 9. So he's now explaining what's going on with this blind man to his disciples. He said, this came about so that God's works might be displayed in him. We must do the works of him who sent me while it is day. Night is coming when no one can work. And as long as I'm in the world, I am the light of the world. Now, when you read that, as, as when you first read that, you're like, okay, well, hold on a second, wait a minute. Is Jesus, is Jesus saying that God purposely made this guy blind so that at some point he could use him to demonstrate his power? Is that what Jesus is saying here? What's interesting is you look at the scholarly discussions about this, you realize grammatically that it actually, in the original language, can read slightly different, which actually makes a little bit more sense, especially in light of what we know about God's love throughout the rest of the Bible. It's this. If you look at this grammatically, you could also translate it as this. Neither this man or his parents sinned, but so the work of him might be displayed in his life, we must do the work of him who sent me. In other words, no, Jesus would be saying, God did not purposely, intentionally make him this way, but what God does is he takes the brokenness and the fallenness of our circumstances, our lives, and he can actually bless us out of them. And so with the light of Jesus, what is Jesus intending to do? He's trying to do the works that display God's nature, his love, the kind of life that he wants to bring. 
And he wants to bring it up close and personal so that people can see the kind of God he really is and, and, and no longer settle for being disoriented in darkness. Now, if you're a parent, one of the wonderful joys that you get to experience as a parent is that um, you get to monitor your kids' screen time. It is one of the most joyful things that we as parents get to do is to battle with our children on a daily basis how much screen time they get. I know, I know, some of you who are single, you know, or maybe you're dating right now, this is something you get to look forward to. But, but I get to go and just check on my girls periodically and see, what, okay, what are you watching? Okay, maybe it's time. And, and one of them, and, and, well, they all pretty much like this, but they, go, they like the YouTube videos where there's kids opening up gifts. They actually spend time watching videos of other people opening up toys that they wish they had. And they're laughing, they're giggling, they're like, oh! And I'm like, what is happening up there? And this is what they're doing. What kind of a parent do they have, okay? So our dad doesn't give us these gifts, so we need to watch other people open theirs. So all that to say, it's like, they want to experience up close and personal what it looks like, what it feels like, what, to have that kind of toy. Jesus, in a much more profound way, is bringing in God's nature and his love up close and personal. Jesus in the flesh, God in the flesh, in Jesus, is showing us up close and personal the kind of God he is by the way he is doing the works of him who sent me. So Jesus wants to illustrate this because he knows we're confused. He knows we, we will chase after all kinds of things that we think are light, but actually will lead us into death. And he says, I got to send my own son, Jesus, to show you how life was meant to be lived in a proper relationship with the father and a proper relationship with other people. In spite of the brokenness and the fallenness of this world, with the light of Jesus, we can see God's love and his life in him. John 1, verse 4 says this, In him was life, and that life was the light of men. And that light shines in the darkness, and yet the darkness did not overcome it. Man, when you are in a sea of darkness, even the smallest little flicker can guide your way. And Jesus is bringing that light into a dark and fallen world to say, this is what God is like. He is good. He is compassionate. He is worth trusting in. He wants to show you the way. So what does that mean? Well, if, if we're in the dark on how God made us for a purpose, we can look to Jesus. If we want to know how to deal with that really annoying coworker at work, an enemy, if you will, we can look at Jesus and how to treat our enemies. If we want to know how to ask God for things that we need or even want, we can look to Jesus and he'll show us how to do that. But Jesus didn't just come to model, he came to heal and rescue. He came to give us new eyes. So that means next, with the light of Jesus, we have a choice. With the light of Jesus, we have a choice. First, we can trust in his love over darkness. That's the first choice we can make in response to this light. We can trust in his love over 
the darkness. Notice how Jesus displays the work of God for this blind man from birth. Verse 6. After he said these things, love this, he spit on the ground, made some mud from the saliva, and spread the mud on his eyes. This is perfect with the coronavirus. This is just, this is a perfect message. In verse 7 he says, go, he told him, wash in the pool of Siloam, which means sent. So he left, washed, and he came back seeing. So here's a blind man from birth. He has never seen anything. He's been completely in the dark forever. And Jesus wants to do something powerful in this man's life to demonstrate God's amazing love and his amazing life and his power. And he does it by demonstrating a physical healing that actually points to a deeper healing. The pool of Siloam. Why does he even mention it? Like, who cares about this pool? Why does he talk about the pool? Well, the pool back then was actually uh, a bunch of aqueducts of water coming from the Gihon Springs. And for any of us who are going to Israel with me in November, you're going you're gonna to go here. And, and, and this, this water would come into Jerusalem. It was created during King Hezekiah's reign to provide water for the city of Jerusalem when it would be under siege. They would have a water supply available for them. And so Jesus says, go over there and wash. This was also the water that was used during the Feast of Tabernacles and considered sacred, if you will, for cleansing. But, but it means scent. And one of the things you read throughout the book of John is you see this theme of John about Jesus being sent. He's been sent. He's been sent. Jesus has been sent. Jesus isn't a self-appointed guru. Jesus is the Son of God who's been sent from the Father. And all of the rabbis and those who are aware of the prophecies in the Old Testament in Isaiah were looking for this deliverer to come and rescue Israel, to rescue the nation, to, to, to bring sight to the blind. We're looking for someone who's being sent. Jesus is saying, it's me. I'm the one. I'm the exclusive light of the world. And I've come to help open your eyes. So later in John 9, what's his response because Jesus doesn't just heal and say, okay, there you go. He wants us to respond in faith. That's the way we receive it. He acts in faith, this blind mind, by going to the pool and, and washing, but later Jesus follows up with him and says, basically, do you know who I am? I am the Son of Man. And he says, I believe, Lord, John 9, 38. And he started to worship Jesus. See, to come out of the darkness of our own disorientation about what life is really about is about turning our hearts back to worshiping Jesus. It's believing in who he is, that truly he is the light of the world, and he's the one that I can follow for the rest of my life, no matter what I'm going through, no, what are, no matter what I'm confused about, no, no matter what I feel enslaved to. Jesus is saying, I'm the light that can lead you to where you need to go. It's not going to be in Google. It's not going to be in what your friend says or what that other religious person says. It's in me. You have a choice. 
I want you to choose my light over darkness. But here's the reality, you guys. And for a lot of us, we've been following Jesus for some time. What does this mean for us? Well, we still have to choose to walk in the light of Jesus. You know, Jesus says, follow me, and you will always be walking in the light. But it's easy to get distracted, isn't it? It's so easy to get distracted. It's easy to kind of get lost in in our day-to-day lives. We can still choose darkness. So how do we do this? Well, here's one way. By failing to admit our blind condition. By failing to admit our blind condition. We have a natural propensity to just trust in ourselves. I know for me, that's my MO. I'm going to trust in myself. I'm going to trust in my own ability. I'm going to trust in what I can bring to the table. Notice the problem here in John 9, verse 40. There's another group of people that is watching this whole interaction with Jesus and the blind man. And they overhear this guy saying, I believe. And notice what the Pharisees, the religious leaders said, who were there. They heard these things and they asked them, we aren't blind too, are we? And Jesus responds, if you were blind, Jesus told them, you wouldn't have sin. But now that you say we see, your sin remains. In other words, the people that were supposed to be the most aware of the kind of life that God wanted for them were missing out on it. Why? They felt like they didn't need to change. They didn't need Jesus. They relied upon themselves, their own religious piety, their own perspective about what life was meant to be like. And so they rejected Jesus. They failed to admit their blind condition without Jesus. It's so ironic. So one of the ways this plays out in my life, and maybe, maybe some of us in, in here as well, is that we're tested to seek Jesus at times, especially when we're hurting, especially when we're suffering or we're going through difficult times. We need to keep looking to him for healing and for deliverance and to guide us out of that. But we can try to escape that trial or that pain through other means. And, and kind of remain blind or in darkness. We can tend to detach from that thing emotionally and say, you know what, I'm fine, I'm all good, and try to kind of put on a happy face. We fake it, pretending that everything is good, rather than admitting, I'm hurting, Jesus, would you help me through this? Would you guide me? Would you give me the next steps? Or we can distract ourselves, and instead of entering our pain, clinging to Jesus, we can numb ourselves. It could be alcohol, it could be drugs, it could be binging on Netflix, it could be all of those things, social media, overwork, busyness. We're just numbing our pain. We're living like we're in the dark. When God is saying, I'm here, I'm the light, I've come for you. Look to me. No, 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 Jesus, I, I got this one. No, no, I, I, no. This is very comfortable for me. I like this. It's painful. It hurts me, but I, I, I want this. And Jesus is saying, that's not the life I have for you. That's not what I want for you. The other way in which we can choose darkness is literally by just loving anything else over Jesus. Verse, uh, John chapter 3, verse 19 says this. This is the judgment. The light has come into the world and people love darkness rather than the light because their deeds were evil. How do I know when I'm walking in darkness? 
I look at my decisions. I look at my choices. I look at my behaviors. Do they reflect the kind of decisions and behaviors that Jesus would do or not? It's easy for us to fall into this trap of, of falling in love with anything else other than Jesus. I know for me, I find this plays out in my life when my deeds or my decisions or are driven by self-interest. I'm like, this, is, this, this helps me out. This is about my comfort. This is about what I want. I find that that's when I'm walking in darkness. Whether it's lust or greed or pride, I'm not walking in light of Christ and what he has for me. You know, later, uh, John writes this in 1 John, some of his other letters, he says, you know what? If you guys actually claim to be a follower of Jesus and yet hate your brother or sister, you are not walking in the light. That, that, that actually betrays who you really are. You're now people of the light because of what I brought into your life. You're not walking in the light. You know, when, when you start to live in a way that pretends that God's not there and he doesn't love you and he doesn't offer forgiveness and salvation to you, when you're living in light, that that's like you're acting like that's not true. You're walking in darkness. I love this quote. We can easily forgive a child who's afraid of the dark. The real tragedy of life is when men are afraid of the light. You know, there's something about hiding that's attractive to us. There's something about like, I've got this little secret over here and I'm afraid anyone's going to find out and I don't want it to be exposed. And Jesus is saying to us through his word, he's saying, I see everything. And guess what? I still love you. I still came to reveal to you freedom and love in light of whatever it is that seems to be attracting you to hide because you're ashamed because you think you can't make it through without it. I just want to share with you some incredible news. I am the light of the world. I can lead you out of that darkness. You cannot do it on your own. You need me. You need my resources to help you with that. One of the other things that's challenging as well is is then when, when you start to follow Jesus and you start to let him expose things in your life that are, you know that aren't healthy and, and you start to go, Jesus, I'm going to trust you with this. I'm going to get some help with this. I'm going to join a group. I'm going um, I, I, to get some prayer. Uh, I'm going to confess some things before you. Uh, it's a process and it's a journey, but, but, but Jesus is in the midst of all that. When we start doing this, we start to walk in a greater sense of freedom. That's the life that God wants for us. He wants us to walk in freedom. He's not caught off guard by anything we're trying to hide. He's not caught off guard. He sees that. He goes, I, I know. You're still attracted to the darkness. My spirit, as it comes into you because of faith in Jesus, starts to change your heart. You're, start to, you're going to start to be more attracted to me and the things of me and my word. You're going to start to be more attracted to walk in freedom. You're not going to settle anymore for what you've settled before. That's my spirit at work in you. But you've got to join me in it. You've got to keep following me. You've got to keep trusting in me. You've got to keep looking at me. And I'm going to walk you in that freedom. 
because I'm the light. So why is this still a struggle for some of us? Why is this still, I'd say for all of us? Because it's like when you move to a new home, you, you just got this new home. It's a new apartment and it is just awesome. You're so excited about this. Apartment. Or you found a new home and you're so excited about this new home. And you move there, but there's, some, there's a period of time where you leave work or you've picked up the kids or, or whatever, and you start driving and you go to your own old home. You just don't even think about it. You're on autopilot. You're like, I'm just going home. This is not my house anymore. What am I doing here? The lights are off. It's dark. You're like, that's not my home. When Jesus comes into our life and he becomes the light of our life, sometimes we still go to the darkness. That's our old home. It's just, oh, yeah, well, oh, it's just default. Jesus is saying, no, no, I've got this. I, I've got this great new home, this way of living in life that's for you. It's for you. I can show you the way. So what does this mean for us? Jesus opens our eyes to life without darkness. I love this line by Tim Keller. You're more sinful than you've ever dared believe, but you're more loved than you ever dared hope. Let me read that again. You're more sinful than you ever dared believe. You're more loved than you ever dared hope. Jesus is the light of the world. He wants to open up our eyes to life without darkness. What does this look like? It looks like freedom. It looks like love. It looks like life. It looks like purpose. It looks like joy. It looks like peace. Then follow me into the light. For some of us in here, things might be a little scary for you. Maybe right now you're going through a lot of transition. You're unsure about your future. Maybe you're feeling a little out of place. I just want to encourage you with Jesus. He sees you. He knows what your next step is. Say, just follow me. You don't have to have all the answers figured out. I know you want all the answers. Just follow me. For others, maybe we're disappointed and we've been wondering, man, God, what's going on in my life? It's so difficult right now. Why is it so challenging? Some of you might be believing the fact that God is punishing me in some way. I just want to encourage you. God loves you. He, he wants to bring you into his light. And what he wants is to, to help you get to the place of freedom. And maybe for some of you, it's to stop looking at your circumstances and to start focusing on serving him and trust that he will lead you out by doing that. For others of us, maybe we're just, we're living in shame. We're hiding on, hiding things because we're afraid. We think we can't make it without coping like this. And God isn't shocked by that. He loves you so much. Maybe you've resisted coming to him earlier because you've been afraid. He's saying, come to me. I want to lead you out of darkness. I want to help you with that. For others, there's people in our life that are looking to you to be their light. There's people in your life that are saying, I don't know about this whole Jesus thing, but there's something different about you. There's something attractive about you. And as good looking as you all are, it's, it's Jesus in you. And people are wanting to find the hope and the freedom that, that you're starting to kind of figure out because you're one step at a time. I don't know, just trying to walk towards the light and in the light. They need you to keep taking that next step. 
whether it's at work to being a person of integrity, whether it's at school being a person who doesn't cheat, who doesn't cut corners, whether it's in your, in your relationship, that in your dating life where you're saying, we, we, we're going to be pure, we're going to be set apart in how we do this, we're going to put you first, Jesus, whether it's in your marriage and, and, and making sure that you're working on solving some of the challenges of finding time for one another in your marriage and not running at other things that you think are important, whatever that is for you, Jesus wants to show us the way. Jesus is the light of the world, and he opens up our eyes to life without darkness. So let's walk with him in that. I'm going to invite the the worship team to come back up and help us to respond, but one of the things that I think we can do, even this week, what's one thing you can do this week? I was thinking about this and praying about this, and I'm just thinking, you know, what's one thing we can do as we encounter fear or anger or frustration or shame how can we respond so that we can keep walking in the light and it's something that was very popular in the 90s but it kind of got over marketed and it's what would jesus do wwjd come on 90s people let's go It was marketed like crazy. There was bracelets and billboards and hats, and it was just crazy. But here's the point. The principle is timeless. What would Jesus do? What would Jesus do? Let me pray for us. Jesus, thank you that you are the light of the world that you don't want any single person to remain in darkness, spiritually blind, outside of the kind of life that you have for us. You reveal what life without darkness looks like in you, and you are perfect, and you are beautiful. But even though we will never reach that, you give us your Holy Spirit as we place our faith in you. And you start to change us from the inside out so that now we're people of the light, whether we believe it or not. And now, though, you give us the power to walk in the light. We don't need to choose darkness anymore because of what you've done for us. That's amazing. But God, we just confess to you that we still chase after the darkness. I know I do. I need you. God, would you help me? Would you help us to take our next step in whatever we're facing? to simply ask the question and invite you to speak of what would Jesus do? And find the light of life to lead us out of darkness. In Jesus' name.